What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Johnners. This is episode 59, and uh, yes, uh, uh, another weekly episode of our NXT and NXT UK recap. Uh, we're also going to be looking at the NXT breakout final, the breakout tournament final. It's been running for the last month or so on NXT TV. We're going to be having a little look at that, uh, including one or two things that have come up um, through uh, WWE and Monday Night Raw. We're going to be we're going to be focusing on the King of the tournament announcement which is going to be kicking off next Monday and culminating at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view in September so loads to uh, get stuck into loads to talk about a really exciting episode of Wrestling Johnners today uh, we are going to be uh, accompanied by a guest host um, as we do most weeks and uh, we've got uh, Kieran Reed returning uh, this week to the podcast so uh, welcome to the Wrestling with Johnners podcast again Kieran great to have you on board Hi, it's great to be back. I've had a bit of a, a bit of a uh, long drought away. It's been what yes. six weeks, but I'm glad to be back. Um, glad to get my point across, and I'm glad to talk to everyone. I hope everyone enjoys listening. Excellent, excellent. Well, we can't wait to hear more from you very soon. As I do at the beginning of every single episode, just to throw out a few plugs for our social media, so you know where to get in touch with us if you want to. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, of course. Our Twitter handle is at withjohners underscore pod. We're on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash wrestling with Johnners. And of course, go out and find our ever popular, uh, fully interactive Facebook community page on Facebook. Go out and search wrestling with Johnners. And of course, if you listen to us, uh, listen to this podcast and you enjoy listening to wrestling with Johnners, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share and shout about wrestling with Johnners. Uh, this is the only podcast podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK weekly updates. Uh, we do touch on a lot of WWE and all-round wrestling goodness. Uh, very soon we're going to be talking to Kieran about his recent progress wrestling experience. Uh, we do also do features on um, all, uh, New Japan, AEW and uh, indie wrestling as well. So uh, please spread the word, tell your friends and tell your family and help to grow this podcast. So back to you, Kieran. Once again, thanks for coming on board this week. Now, you are an avid progress wrestling fan every time you come on you always give us a bit of an update as far as what shows you've been to uh, matches that's excited you at the progress shows now the last one you went to was um a few weeks ago in july now and uh tell us a little bit about that what, what was the the title of that show because they always have quite imaginative subheadings um they have progress chapter whatever then they have a, a kind of a, a rather interesting uh, subheading uh what what was the subheading or the title of this uh chapter that you went to in july then kieran i'm just looking up now i forgot what it was called um da, 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 da. ah uh, entertaining friends very so, good very good and uh so so this was a few weeks ago um and uh, i don't know i don't think they've had any progress shows since then so this is possibly the most recent one um not uh, including the, the the Canadian show where they was up against uh, Smash Wrestling, but um, tell us a little bit about the show you went to, some of the some of the matches, some of the results, and tell us a bit about the main events. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to you now, Kieran. So just uh, they did have another show after the Manchester show, which was at the Ballroom called um, Juice Me Up. Um, that was two weeks ago now. Um, which had the grizzled young veterans against Aussie Open. Um, yes, that's where uh, GYV won the bounce back, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, yes. So that was another one I went to. That was the one after the one I went to. So the one I went mm. to was pretty good show. Um, I kind of got a little bit drunk because, let's face it, 
it was my birthday the week before and I fancied having a bit of a drink whilst I was watching the wrestling. Met yep. loads of, met loads of uh, local fans up there, which give me the heads up on a few promotions up there as well, so I've been keeping an eye on those. Because um, obviously, as you know, Progress always do the pre-show stuff, which had two of the companies from up there on the pre-show, which actually was quite a stellar match for a pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, we had some good matches in there. I mean, we had Eddie Kingston versus Josh, uh, Jonathan Gresham. Was a good match, which is now built up to the match for Natural Progression series, which they've dropped, which is LAX and Eddie Kingston versus Lucky, which is uh, CCK, Chris Brooks, and Jonathan Gresham with Lucky Kid versus obviously LAX and Eddie Kingston, which will happen during the Natural Progression tournament on the 14th of September, which I'll be at. Um, Main event was Elio versus Walter, which was absolutely amazing. Um, honestly, if you get an opportunity to anyone who has progress on demand, watch that whole day because the whole day is amazing. Um, I don't really want to give too much away because obviously I don't want to spoil it for people who are obviously watching on catch up and stuff. All I can do is give my views and my views are it's one of the best shows I've been to outside of Camden, which is a few now. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to September and the two shows I've got in September with them. So, yeah. There we go. Well, I know that uh, Ilya Dragunov and Walter have had their, uh, they've had their battles over in Germany for WXW. I'm not sure if they've uh, met before in progress, but uh, yeah, that that's two really stellar competitors, two really intense, hard-hitting guys going up against one another. Um, and I'm guessing that that was for the, the Progress World title. Um, but, uh, yeah, go out and watch it. Um, when it, well, it, I'm guessing it's already available on demand, uh, Kieran, at the moment. Yeah, so you've got... So, you've, so what's been dropped is you've got all the shows from Newcastle and Manchester, so the weekend that I went to. You've got... The one that was two weeks after was just due stuff, and they've dropped an unedited version of Progress versus Smash on there as well, which you get to see Robbo versus Walter. So, yeah, so the next one won't go up until probably two weeks after the next one, which is next weekend. Superb, superb. So uh, thanks for your your progress uh, update there, Kieran. I just want to kind of update the listeners on some of our up-and-coming shows, a bit of our schedule updates um, over the next few weeks. Now, next week, we're going to have our usual NXT and NXT UK update, and we're going to have uh, a debutante as a guest host. We've got uh, Ashley Clements, who I think uh, Kieran knows uh, quite well. He's your, your regular uh, progress uh, wrestling buddy who you go to all the wrestling shows with, and uh, Ashley's going to be making his Wrestling with John's uh, debut next Thursday. Um, we skip ahead to Friday the 30th of August, where we'll have Kieran back on the Wrestling with John's podcast. We'll be covering the usual NXT and NXT UK, but it will be uh, the, the, the go-home episode to uh, NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff, which will actually be taking place the very next day. So Kieran will be on Friday the 30th. We'll be doing our TakeOver Cardiff uh, preview show on that date. The day after, Saturday the 31st, me and Kieran and uh, other Wrestling With Jonas friends will be in Cardiff for NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. And uh, that, uh, that card is shaping up to be um, a really fantastic card. We'll talk more about NXT UK and how the matches are kind of stacking up fairly soon. 
Then the following day, Sunday, the 1st of September, I'll be joined by David Anderson, where we'll actually be doing our NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff review. So David Anderson will be joining uh, for the TakeOver Cardiff review there on Sunday, the 1st. On Monday, the 2nd, we'll be having our AEW All Out pay-per-view review with Ash Crawford and Chris Thornton. You may remember Ash and Chris, who helped me review the Double or Nothing pay-per-view in May. So we've got a lot of really top wrestling to cover here on the Wrestling With Jonas podcast over the next few weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, can't wait to talk more about um, all the, the, the fun uh, wrestling action that's going to be taking place on our screens or live in person over the next few weeks. Um, as you may be aware, uh, Wrestling With Jonas are now selling merchandise and selling T-shirts on teespring.com. Just go to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash wrestling with Johnners. And if you purchase any t-shirts or merchandise before the end of August, you can get 10% off your purchase. So Kieran, one thing that I mentioned at the very top of the show was on Monday Night Raw this past Monday, they announced uh, kind of the, the, the introduction of the King of the Ring. The King of the Ring tournament will be making a return. It uh, starts with first round matches taking place this coming Monday. Um, and I do have the schedule here as a matter of fact, So the first round takes place uh, on Monday Night Raw next Monday, the 19th. Uh, The first round will continue on SmackDown the following day, Tuesday, the 20th. There will be uh, separate dates for the quarterfinal shows, which will no doubt be uh, a week or two after the first round matches then the semi-final matches they have got uh, dates that i have in front of me here so the semi-final matches will take place on both raw and smackdown uh week commencing the 9th and the 10th of september and then the final will take place on the 15th 15th september sunday the 15th um north carolina um the spectrum center at clash of champions so the combatants it, it, it's quite an impressive list of combatants but before i get into kind of who's going to be going uh, i haven't got the the brackets but who's going to be in the tournament from the smackdown and the raw side um i mean the king of the ring tournament was always a, a very important part of the wrestling calendar certainly throughout the 90s but the very first WWF King of the Ring was Don Morocco back in 1985. Um, the late, great Harley Race, who's recently passed away, was the second King of the Ring when he beat Pedro Morales uh, to become King of the Ring in 1986. Uh, Randy Savage was uh, uh, the king um, in 1987. Ted DiBiase won the King of the Ring tournament in 1988. Tito Santana in 1989. Uh, Bret Hart remarkably won it in 1991 and then 1993 now 1993 was the first pay-per-view presentation um all the previous king of the ring tournaments were done at um uh live shows house shows um certainly nothing that was screened on pay-per-view or in any big way back in the 80s so 1993 was the first televised or pay-per-view king of the ring which bret hart won and managed to beat bam bam bigelow in the final the following year his brother the rocket owen hart beats uh razor ramon in the final to be the 1994 king of the ring and then rather embarrassingly mabel was the king of the ring in 1995 and then it all got back on track again nice to smoothly with stone cold steve austin really kind of smashing that glass ceiling and becoming it was kind of the the emergence of the stone cold character and he gave that classic austin 316 promo um after beating jake roberts in the final in 1996 
Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley won the title um, in 1997, beating Mankind in the final. Ken Shamrock, uh, this is a name you may not associate with the King of Green tournament, won in 1998, beating The Rock in the final, which sounds rather surprising in uh, on paper. Um, Billy Gunn um, was the king uh, in 1999. And uh, Kurt Angle, 2000. The Edge was the king. Of, Edge was king of the ring in 2001. Brock Lesnar, 2002. And then we have to skip forward four years before Booker T became King Booker in 2006. William Regal in 2008. Sheamus was King Sheamus in 2010. And then Bad News Barrett was the last official king of the ring, uh, beating Neville in the final of a, a one night tournament they had on the WWE Network in 2015. Four years later, we get to the tournament that will culminate in September that we're going to be talking about now, Kieran. So uh, do you have any fond memories of any previous Kings or any previous uh, King of the Ring tournaments? Um, I know that you're probably a little bit younger than me, but um, there's some kind of classic winners to this tournament and some really fun uh, and interesting kind of pay-per-views over the years. Any that jump out as you as being kind of memorable for yourself, Kieran? So obviously, you can't go wrong with the Austin win. Obviously, his speech at the end, like you said, it was the culmination of the Austin 316. Mm. Um, but for me, the one that stood out the most was the one Kurt Angle won. Three matches, one night. Um, he had that insane street fight with... Shane McMahon. Yeah, and it was, it was just brutal. That whole show was brutal. And how he won at the end, I do not know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, that's the one that stands out the most. I think that was probably one of the first live pay-per-views I stayed up to watch. Um, that was a great pay-per-view as well. That was a, that was a very, very memorable pay-per-view. And like I say, uh, Kurt Angle beat Rikishi in the final there in 2000. But his match against Shane McMahon, um, I'm not sure if that was a semi-final match or whether that was just a, a separate match to the tournament. But yeah, that, that, that match to the tournament. Yeah, that was a that was <laughs> incredible. Um, and, yeah, he shaped him win the first match because if I remember correctly, the match with Shane was the last match, so he would have had to go through. I think it was Edge he fought in the semi-finals, right? Then Rikishi, yeah, and then Shane in the fight in like the, one of the last matches of the night. So I think That's Shane right. helped him beat Edge, so he'd be more tied for his match with him later in the evening. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, but like I say, just if you look down the list, um, there's a lot of Hall of Famers there. Um, but then, you know, it's quite poignant that uh, we lost Harley Race last week and he was the, the second King of the Ring. Um, not long after joining the WWF, I think he joined in 1985 um, or early 86, became King Harley Race later on that year. And although he was always considered a, a very um, tough, no-nonsense, um, straight wrestler you could say a bit of a, a shoot wrestler to a certain degree um he certainly wasn't uh, a high spots wrestler by any stretch of the imagination he did embrace the the king gimmick when he came over to the wwf in 85 86 and um yes yeah, so, i mean i i, I Harley Race had uh, a reasonably memorable match against uh, the Junkyard Dog at WrestleMania 3. He did have a bit of a, a feud with Hulk Hogan for the WWF Championship um, around this same time as well. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Harley Race will, will definitely be missed. But uh, looking down the list, yeah, I think Bret Hart's winning 93, Owen Hart's winning 94. 
Stone Cold in 96 and so on and so on. Um, but uh, let's have a look at the, uh, the the competitors. Now, there's 16 names, eight from SmackDown and eight from Raw. Um, but looking at the, the SmackDown half, I suppose, and I'm, I'm guessing that the first round is going to be four Raw matches and four SmackDown matches. They could mix it up a little bit, but I'm sure further down the tournament, that's when we'll kind of get to see uh, the kind of interbrand matches. But for SmackDown, you've got uh, Ali, former Mustafa Ali. Um, now, he's a guy that is definitely on the rise, in my opinion. Um, definitely, uh, I think he's on the verge of a, a decent push. His promos that he seems to do kind of in his own time um, with with a handheld camera um, that do tend to get aired on WWF.com or WWE.com um, are always very, very gritty and, and real um, but Ali is a strong favourite of mine. Andrade, I'm surprised they've not done a lot more with Andrade up until now, to be honest with you. So um, they could be waiting to give him a good push and the King of the Moon tournament could be a good excuse to do that. Apollo Cruz, I think he's going to be uh, fodder in the first round for somebody, to be honest with you. I can't see Apollo Cruz progressing, although he has um, all the talent in the world. Um, I just don't think uh, he, he's got any sort of momentum at the moment, to be honest with you. Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Murphy is definitely um, kind of getting his name out there he was uh, on the sidelines for a number of months certainly after the uh, the brand split um and uh, getting drafted to smackdown nothing really happened to him up until recently when he's been involved in a bit of a feud with roman reigns which is getting him um, a lot of prominence on smackdown chad gable as I mentioned to Kieran off air, Chad Gable's been seen a lot more recently on 205 Live, especially in a bit of a mini feud with Jack Gallagher that he's been having recently. So it'd be great to see Chad Gable involved in a tournament like this. And he's very uh, similar in terms of style to a Kurt Angle. And we mentioned that Kurt won the tournament in 2000. Um, Elias, who um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is still the 24-7 uh, champion after winning it this past week. Uh, Kevin Owens, um, who's on a bit of a hot streak at the moment um, in his new babyface role, having recently beaten Shane McMahon, um, who we've spoken about already, uh, beating Shane McMahon at SummerSlam this past Sunday, and Shelton Benjamin. And I think much like Apollo Crews, two very, very talented, gifted, athletic wrestlers, but I can't see Shelton progressing too far. So amongst the SmackDown names there, any that kind of jump out at you there, Kieran, to start off with, with the first eight? Obviously, you've got to say KO. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you said, he's been on a massive push. I love Kevin Owens. I always have loved Kevin Owens. I'm not exactly a small person, and Kevin Owens is like the guy that I look at saying, even if you are kind of heavy set and yeah. overweight, you can make it to WWE sort of thing. Um, yeah, he's not got the conventional build, is he, for a wrestler, but I think he's, you know, the fact that he is quite athletic and uh, a great promo, excellent on the mic. He's got a lot of... Uh, charisma a lot of uh, character there um yeah that's always done done in favors but um yeah good shout for kevin owens anybody else to be fair the whole smackdown side apart from obviously shelton benjamin and apollo cruz and i think chad gable as well um if you look at the other people in it um so they're gonna have one match that's gonna steal the show on smackdown with the qualifiers if that's how they're doing it um, and if they do it as Andrade and Ali, I think whoever wins that will be a dark horse in the tournament. It will be the person that people won't expect to get far. And we'll probably make it to the finals. Mm, um, but 
again, like like I've said before, it's all down to WWE booking. And they've missed tricks in the past, and let's face it, they'll probably miss tricks again. Um, so I can't really... I can say who I think on the SmackDown side will make it to the final, because you know for a fact at some point it's going to be a SmackDown guy versus a Raw guy in the final. Mm. They wouldn't segregate it like they have if it wasn't going to be. Yeah. Um, so for me, it'll be KO going through on the SmackDown side. Very interesting. Let's have a look at the uh, the eight competitors from the Raw side of things. You've got uh, Baron Corbin, who I know uh, the WWE are very high on. Um, but uh, he plays a good heel. Um, I don't think he's that great in the ring, to be honest with you. Cedric Alexander, who's been on a bit of a run recently in a bit of a mini feud with Drew McIntyre. Cesaro who I think is everybody's favourite um, nearly guy. Like I say, he's been multi-time tag team champion with Sheamus. Um, he has been the United States champion in the past, but he's never really kind of broken through that uh, kind of ceiling for being a, a world title contender. But uh, Cesaro would make an awesome King of the Ring, in my opinion. Um, Drew McIntyre, I know that he's a big fav- favourite of yours. Um, so uh, Drew will be, I think, up there as one of the favourites to begin the tournament with anyway. The Miz, be interesting to see how far The Miz go. Um, like I say, I like The Miz. He's never going to be the greatest wrestler or the greatest uh, uh, talker in the world, but he's pretty decent at both. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how far The Miz goes. I don't really see him as a finalist, in my opinion. Ricochet, yep, Um King Ricochet could could didn't he play King Puma in uh, Lucha Underground? So uh, um, King Ricochet has a good good ring to it. And um, Sami Zayn, he you know he could be first round fodder again. Unfortunately, despite the fact he's extremely talented, and Samoa Joe, who is going to be another kind of leading contender. But uh, any one of those eights from the Raw brand uh, jump out at you as being potentially finalists to go up against your Kevin Owens. So, for me, like I said before, it's all about how WWE book it. So, you've got the fact that, obviously, you've had people... So, you've, so obviously, you've had um, uh, Baron Corbin in the title picture for quite a while. So, you can't really just be like, oh, I'm going to use him as Cadden Fodder in a King of the Ring tournament. He's got to be up there as one of the potential finalists it's it's yep. a given for that fact alone unless obviously wwe do what they do normally and if you lose a title yeah you, you're going back to being a jobber um see the raw side's hard to call because raw's got all the big names so don't get me wrong i'd love to see ricochet win it probably won't happen but I'd love it. I'm a massive fan of Ricochet ever since I saw him live in Milton Keynes versus Will Ospreay. Absolutely brilliant match, obviously, with Luke Underground as well. Watched his stuff before that. Prince Puma. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, to be fair, that everyone on the Raw side has the ability to be a potential finalist, apart from probably Cedric. Um, but again, it could be one of those things where they put him up against a Drew. He hasn't beat Drew yet. So, could beat him to upset Drew in the tournament. It, it <clears throat> It's one of those things where it swings and roundabouts, but as I said to you off air, for me, it'll probably be a KO, <clears throat> KO Drew McIntyre final, and Shane will get involved in some way, shape, or form. Because, yeah. let's face it, that's not over. Um, 
So just just for predictable WWE booking, that'll be my final. It'll be Drew winning it by some sort of interference with Shane. Yeah, I think I think you're on to a good point there. And I, th- I think if you look at the strongest person from the SmackDown card, you've got to go with Kevin Owens. And the strongest wrestler from the Raw card, from the Raw brands, you, you've got to go with Drew McIntyre. So I'm inclined to agree with you that it probably will be a Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens final. Uh, but like I say, I, I'd like to see Ali do well. I'd like to see Andrade do well. I'd like to see Cesaro do well and Ricochet. Um, so, you know, there's four or five or six people there that um, could could make really strong quarterfinal, semifinal matches. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they're looking for a pay-per-view quality match between two experienced, uh, big-named players, you could say, yeah, I think it's got to be Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens. So I hope that it's not as predictable as that. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody newer fresher like an Ali or an Andrade get a good push and uh, potentially making a bit of a name for themselves but I think the, the the positive thing to come out of all of this is that they've um they've reintroduced the King of the Ring which was always a popular format um until it was kind of misused certainly the last two or three times when King Barrett and King Seamus uh where they kind of blew off the whole tournament in one night really with like two minute matches so they're giving it room to breathe you know the first round is going to be over two nights next uh, week on Raw and next week on SmackDown. The quarterfinals will be over Raw and SmackDown over two nights as well. The same for the semifinals and then the final will be saved for a big pay-per-view occasion. So they're spreading it over an entire month. Um, so that's the way the King of the Ring tournament should be done. Um, instead of blowing it all off on, on one or two nights, they're, they're, they're doing it over a, a decent amount of time. They're giving it room to breathe, which will hopefully lead to some really good matches. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what comes out of the first round next week. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, I'm sure that myself and Ashley will be kind of covering some of the first round matches on next week's Wrestling with Jonas. But let's have a, a little talk about um, our favourite subject, NXT UK or certainly one of our favourite subjects. And um, <clears throat> I know that uh, me and you will be going to take over Cardiff in just a few weeks' time. We'll be talking about uh, how the card is shaping up very, very soon. But let's have a look at this week's episode then. And So we're only kind of three more episodes of NXT UK on the WWE Network before the big show at the Motor Point Arena on the 31st of August. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of coming around fast. And you can see by watching this week's episode that the storylines are coming together and the matches, uh, you know, are certainly coming together as far as how the card's going to shape up for Cardiff. The first match of this week's episode of NXT UK was Flash Morgan Webster versus Mark Coffey. So, as you would expect, Coffey is accompanied to the ring by Gallus um, and his stablemates Wolfgang. And uh, uh, I don't think Joe Coffey was there on the entrance. Certainly Wolfgang was. And, of course, they are um, tag team partners. And they've already been confirmed as number one contenders for the the NXT UK Tag Team Championships against the Grizzled Young Veterans in Cardiff. Now, of course, uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews are trying to earn their spots so they can make it a three-way match in Cardiff in just a couple of weeks' time. Um, so, Flash Morgan Webster has not long returned from an injury that has kept him on the sidelines for a few months, and the fans at the Plymouth Pavilion gave Webster a great reception on his entrance for his match. 
as per Johnny Saints wishes, if Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews proves themselves over the next few weeks, then they will indeed get a tag title shot in Cardiff in a three-way match against Callus, uh, Gallus and GYV, the grizzled young veterans. So for Webster and Andrews, there's a lot on the line in this match tonight um, and especially for the Modfather. The match soon goes to the outside where Webster capitalises with a dive through the ropes onto Mark Coffey with a follow-up uh, of a moonsault from the second turnbuckle for the first two count of the match. Coffey then is uh, doubly quick to react with a huge choke slam for a two count of his own. Then Flash attempts a top rope swanton only for Wolfgang to get up onto the ring apron to distract Flash Morgan, causing him to miss the move with coffee rolling out of harm's way. Just then Mark Andrews neutralises the threat of Wolfgang with a senton of his own off the side of the ring apron. Um, and with that, uh, Morgan Webster is lying injured in the centre of the ring. Mark Coffey goes over to grab Webster only for um, Flash Morgan to surprise Coffey with a small package getting the unexpected pinfall victory and in the process getting a win and one step closer to a tag title shot for his team at TakeOver. Um, so a nice opener to this week's NXT UK, Kieran, and an important win for Flash Morgan Webster as we get ever closer to TakeOver Cardiff. Give us your thoughts on this opening match of this week's NXT UK. Personally, I like the match. I like the fact that there's something on the line for it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think they should have really given more, more time. Um, I feel like the match was rushed. And obviously, I know they're trying to build. So, obviously, before this week's episode, the card was a little bit driven drab with what's going on on it for, for NXT Cardiff. Um, so, I feel like they're just trying to push like a few matches in there and trying to build as many storylines as quick as possible, as we'll talk about obviously later on because there's a couple of matches that are done later on in the show um it's a good result for those um it wouldn't surprise me next week obviously you're going to have mark andrews versus wolfgang's the other match uh wouldn't surprise me if you see gyv come down in that potentially mess up a potential way to stop andrews and webster getting in it and then they will by DQ or something and then they end up with a title match it's pretty much a given that the three-way match is going to be on the card um, for me anyway just because obviously they're local boys and they actually haven't got anyone from Cardiff on the card yet or from Wales on the card so sure. for me it will probably be a given that they're going to end up in the match but all round good match um, commentary did good good way of building up the storyline because for me the match really didn't um so most of the matches, so entertaining matches are where they're telling a story. For me, it was, I think the match was derailed by the interference on the outside of Wolfgang. There was too much emphasis on the fact that the partners were on the outside and Wolfgang get, kept getting involved. And Mark Coffey and Wolfgang, for me, they're not a strong tag team. Obviously, you look at, the people in Gallus and you'd think it would be Joe and Mark as the tag team obviously because they've done it in the past obviously the brothers um, so they're still kind of building on me don't get me wrong they're massive powerhouses and they've come on leaps and bounds from when they were first formed um, but I think the introduction with Webster and Andrews into a triple threat match will make the match at Cardiff that little bit better I mean Webster and Andrews can go to Go the distance. 
where I don't think Coffee and Wolfgang can have like a 20, 30 minute match where it's just pure high spots and stuff, which Joe can. Um, yeah. But yeah, for me, it's a good match. Not great storytelling in the match. I think it was made more by the commentary. Just just my opinion on that yeah, one. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good shout. And um, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, it's, it's almost a dead cert now that we're going to have a three-way in Cardiff between uh, Flash Morgan Webster, uh, Mark Andrews versus Gallows versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. And I think that you've got three different teams there. So I think the dynamic should be pretty strong. Um, you definitely got uh, Flash and um, Andrews as the more kind of dynamic high-flying duo. You've got uh, Gallus as kind of the more powerhouse team. And, and then you've got GYV uh, full of double team manoeuvres and um, yeah, submission holds. So you've got three different teams, there, three different styles um, that I think will add to a, a pretty competitive and excited match. And if you think back to <laughs> to when GYV won the titles against Mustache Mountain in Blackpool in January, uh, that was one of, if not the best match of the night, and that was the opener. I wouldn't be surprised if, if this three-way tag match in Cardiff um, is also the opener of the night, just to really get the crowd um, hot and ready for the rest of the evening. Um, but I think that 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 should be a pretty good match. Like you say, I'm not the biggest fan of Gallus, to be honest with you. Not the biggest fan of Mark Andrews or Flash Morgan, but I think the three teams, like I say, the dynamic there of three different wrestling styles should make for an excellent match on the night. Then we get to Radzi. Uh, he catches up with the current NXT UK Women's Champion Tony Storm backstage with a rather an, a, emotional Tony Storm saying that at TakeOver Cardiff, she will be ready for Kaylee Ray. Now, I've been critical of Tony Storm in the past on this podcast of Tony's uh, character. Well, it's been a little bit one dimensional and I don't think I'm the only person that kind of thinks that. But here we saw a more vulnerable, a more emotional Tony Storm proving that she is capable of demonstrating more, more of a, a character than she has shown us before. In this interview, Tony came across as though she was apprehensive ahead of a clash with Kaylee Ray. And like I said, vulnerable and, and emotional um so uh yeah i I think this is one of tony storm's better um interviews in my opinion uh where she did show that that more vulnerability uh and that more emotional side as she's obviously thinking deeply about her match with kaylee ray in a couple of weeks time what did you kind of take from this interview with tony storm uh kieran and kind of how she presented herself in this interview I, I firstly was kind of thrown by it. Um, so to start with, she kind of rambled on a bit about pointless stuff. Um, so I don't think that was her kind of showing that she's stuck in her own head thinking about Cardiff or if she was drunk or something. Because that's what it felt like to me at the beginning of it. It was like she was drunk. She just went off on a tangent. Yeah. Um, but I think for just the, the end statement... Um, it kind of proves the build up of what Kaylee Ray's trying to do, obviously get into her head. Um, so it become more clear at the end, but to start with, I was really confused. Uh, for promo wise, yeah, was one of her better promos. I kind of. She doesn't really do much promo work, to be fair. Um, if she does do a promo, it's literally like two sentences on the person she's fighting on the next show. Sort yeah. of thing. I mean, the only time you really saw like proper promos from her was when she was fighting Rhea 
for the rematch for the strap and before obviously before they have their finals match as well um it's uh, i don't know it's 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 certainly tony's uh weaker area and kind of area that she needs to develop in but i I certainly saw improvements this week compared to what i've seen before like you say she's not a strong promo person she's not um a strong interview um she, she she looks great she's great in the ring um or certainly getting a lot better in the ring and getting more accomplished considering how young she is um and i suppose it's only natural when you're kind of that young you know you haven't got all the boxes ticked quite yet but i think that if she were to progress um and and uh, move on to the main roster at some point in the future whether it be raw smackdown who knows i think that her promos are certainly one of the and she, i think she she's aware i think she's fully aware that a kind of uh, mic work needs to improve that it's one of her weaknesses um but uh, i certainly saw you know glimpses of, of a, a lot of hard work this week anyway and certainly that that last couple of lines where she was quiet apprehensive quite emotional um that kind of made me think yeah you know that that she's obviously being coached by somebody and uh, that was an improvement as far as i was concerned yeah i can agree with that um i don't think she'll go from nxt uk to main roster she'll sit in nxt for a bit i think yeah. that's where i think for me personally that's where most of like promo side of things have done um obviously you've got a lot of people down there that are good with mike she got adam cole um Obviously, you've got Triple H, who was always good at delivering promos. Regal, who's very European when he does promos. So she's got a lot of people down there she can learn from. I don't really think, if you look at Mike's work on NXT UK, that there are really many amazing people on the mic. Um, There's only two, in my opinion. I think uh, Jordan Devlin and Zach Gibson spring to mind. I think they're they're the two strongest promos um, on NXT UK, I would say. Yeah, I can agree and, with and that. Eddie, uh, and Eddie Dennis as well. When Eddie Dennis comes back, he's he's amazing on the mic. So you'd say three there um, if you include Eddie. So I forgot to mention about a spoiler alert, actually. Um, as we mentioned, Eddie Dennis. Um, he's not actually going to wrestle for progress anymore. Um, he hosted the last show from Camden. Jim was on holiday. Um, and at the end, he announced that for um, family reasons and injuries and stuff like that, that he's only going to actually be doing NXT UK, but that he is fully recovered and he'll be back very, very soon. There you go. There you go. So we look forward to see. I mean, Eddie Dennis has always been one of my favourites, and I thought he was uh, probably one of the best, if not the best heel on NXT UK when he was around. Um, and uh, great mic work um, and uh, excellent in the ring. So I can't wait to see his return soon. But it makes sense really for him to focus and concentrate on NXT UK. I think that's going to be his, his long term future probably putting more money on the table as well to be fair uh, but that that's a bit of good news there so um back to nxt uk we had uh, some backstage footage of jordan devlin about to be interviewed uh where we see some bag or some some 
some Loki or some clothes being thrown against uh, a nearby wall. And then we see Piper Niven and Rhea Ripley getting into a heated scuffle with uh, a bunch of referees and trainers and agents getting involved to break them up. Now, although it's not been officially announced yet, I'm firmly under the impression that Piper Niven uh, will be going up against Rhea Ripley at TakeOver Cardiff, which uh, if it does go ahead, will be a pretty almighty smash smash mouth uh, affair between these two powerful and impressive individuals. And uh, I've always been a, a big fan of Piper Niven, formerly or more commonly known as Viper on the Indies, and of course, Rhea Ripley. Um, then we get our second match of the night, uh, Kenny Williams versus Travis Banks. So um, this match here um, is just about to get started when we hear the music of Noam Dar. Uh, with Noam signalling that he's going to be part of the commentary team for the match. Uh, the match goes up a notch with Travis nailing an impressive dive through the ropes onto Williams on the outside. Travis then gets a close near fall from a crazy double foot stomp from the top turnbuckle. Kenny then gets ahead uh, of steam with a back-in-time clothesline and a springboard back elbow before getting a two-count with a top rope back elbow to Travis um, down below. So the, the action is uh, fast and furious here. Travis soon gets back on the offence with his slice of heaven, followed by the Kiwi Crusher for the hard-fought pinfall victory for the Kiwi Buzzsaw. So as Banks heads back up the ramp, he is taunted by Noam Dar at the commentary table, furthering their storyline and potential matchup at TakeOver Cardiff in two weeks' time. So... If you uh, read the spoilers online, it looks like we are going to be getting a match at Cardiff on the main card between Noam Dar and Travis Banks. Uh, that's a match that doesn't necessarily excite me a huge amount. Now, I've become um, a bigger fan of Noam Dar over recent weeks because I think he, he, he makes a pretty good heel, to be honest with you. And he's half decent in the ring as well. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on this match between Kenny Williams and Travis Banks and kind of the, uh, the, the aftermath, including Noam Dar as well then, Kieran? So it was it was an all right match again yeah. for me this whole, this whole week of NXT UK I think the guys needed more time um, I mean four matches in a hour window with all of the promo build up they did as well I just think they tried to cram a lot into one episode just my opinion yeah um, I think these guys were given maybe five minutes more it might not have been overshadowed by what happened after. The, um, the match. I wasn't 100% sure what Noam Dar was doing to try and entice Travis Banks um, pretty much talking to him like a dog which I was mm. like, is weird. Um, listening to Noam Dar on commentary as well um, was pretty funny. Um, but again, for me, it, it was the, the whole match was overshadowed by the, the aftermath of it all. Um don't get me wrong, it was a match where you saw the signature moves of both superstars. But for me, there was no like major build-up in the match, if that makes sense. So there was no yeah. like healing out process or anything. They both kind of just went in and went straight for signature moves, pretty much. And Yeah, it was just purely there to, to, to build up uh, TakeOver Cardiff, wasn't it? and the um, potential match or the inevitable match between uh, Noam Dar and Travis Banks. But uh, Noam Dar versus Travis Banks at TakeOver Cardiff. Um, kind of where's your head at regarding those two and that potential match at Cardiff if it goes ahead? Um, is that a match that you can get excited for? Yes. Um, so for me, for they're very similar in-ring styles for me. Um, 
I love Noam Dar. I think he's killing it at the minute with his cocky, arrogant stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was on the early days of progress. And as you know, I'm watching through all of the chapters currently. Um, so Noam Dar's always been a big one for me. Um, he's... So if you look at where he was in progress, like eight years, three, four, five years ago, to where he is now, you can see a major difference in him. And I will always give credit to people where they've worked and worked and worked and worked and worked, and worked to improve themselves. Um, Noam Dar is that guy for me. Um, Travis Banks, I just love Travis Banks because he's part of the Kiwi Club. I love the Kiwi Club with him, TK, Cooper and Niwa. Um, plus, I've seen, obviously, as you know, I've seen Travis loads at Progress. And he surprises me every time. He's... For me, from what you see from him at Progress to what you see him in WWE, it's very different. If you let Travis be more of what he is outside of WWE, I think he'll grow on more people. I think people look at him in NXT UK and they think he's stale. He's the same old moves. He doesn't adjust his battle strategy, shall we say. Mm. Uh, But he is quite innovative. And if you get him on the mic, he can be good on the mic as well. Um... So some of his old promo work with Walter in progress was brilliant. And so, yeah, for me, it could be a match I can get interested in if they announce it for next week's show and they can give it some build-up. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, like I say, I've I've grown to uh, like Noam Dar's cocky heel attitude. Uh, Before, I found it quite annoying, and I think that's possibly how the gimmick is meant to come across it's meant to come like i said in one of my previous episodes noam dar's just got the character in the face you just want to slap to be honest with you <laughs> but i think that's what makes him such a good heel um so uh yeah although i don't like him i've got to give him credit for for for, for doing his job as a heel because uh, i don't think any heels are playing their part as a heel if they're likable uh they do need to be hated um that is the whole point of being a heel and let's go on to our next match which i thoroughly enjoyed and i was surprised i enjoyed it so much but it was a match between nina samuels and isla dawn so dawn gets the momentum with a drop kick early on followed by a small package um by the white witch of nxt uk getting a two count in the process Nina Samuels then gets the upper hand by driving Dawn's head into the middle turnbuckle, which looked pretty painful before Isla Dawn uh, suffers a drop kick to the back. Uh, But Dawn drops Samuels with a stiff backdrop driver and a knee strike to the face of her opponent for another two count. Nina Samuels gets a close near fall of her own uh, with a slingshot twisting slam um, appearing to win Isla Dawn in the process. However, Dawn gets another two count from a high angled half and half bridging uh, suplex. And so far, both wrestlers have demonstrated some tough tough offense and uh, to one another in this hard hitting match. Then with Dawn uh, backing away from a rope break, Samuels drives Dawn uh, with a solid forearm before executing her Nina Garoshi for the one, two, three. Now, Kieran, um, I've got to say it was it was another quick match, but uh, I, for some reason, I really loved this match. It was stiff. It was full of big moves. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing a match between these two again in the future, maybe with another five minutes added to it. Um, I just like this match because I thought that both competitors gave everything they had and uh, it seemed like a pretty intense and pretty stiff match what were your thoughts so as people who listen to the podcast 
in the past, no, I'm not a massive fan of Nina Samuels. Um, and I've said before, I, I don't know why. I, I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about her I didn't like. And then I said after Super Strong Style, she's kind of growing on me. Um, this match helped her pull me over. You saw some very different stuff from Nina Samuels. And yeah, she's growing on me. Isla Dawn, I've always liked. I think her gimmick's brilliant. Yeah. I don't WWE, NXT UK utilising her properly. Um, she's gone from having a match for the title to now losing to Nina Samuels. Um, so I think they could use her more. I think that um, just for the amount of like stars that NXT UK have got, if you look at it as how I'm looking at it in a minute, you haven't even got Jordan Devlin announced for the card yet. And that's a big name not to have on your card. Um, so, yeah. I, I, it's, don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the match was amazing. I think, again, it was just a filler match. Um, people will enjoy it because, like you said, you enjoyed it. Hard-hitting style and stuff. But, again, for me, it's a match you didn't really kind of have to have. There's no... There's no build to it, so it's not leading to anything. Yeah, it's no consequence. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, it's the first time Nina had beat Isle of Dawn. So, I don't know if they're going to now make that a, I don't know, best of five series. Because it's 2-1 to Isla. I don't know. There we go. Uh, then we get to Sid Scala and Johnny Saint. They announced that after the wild brawl from Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey on last week's NXT, that Mastiff and Joe Coffey will indeed get a rematch. And it will be another match that's been added to the TakeOver Cardiff card. And it will be a last man standing match. So um, last week's match, uh, it, it was a wild brawl. Only went a few minutes. So uh, <laughs> there was no conclusion because uh, both guys just got uh, so involved in, in the brawl that ensued. And um, uh, yes, the, the, the rematch will be in two weeks' time in Cardiff. It has been made uh, official um, as, as one of the five matches on the TakeOver Cardiff card, and it will be a last-man-standing match. So this is the first gimmick match, I think, that's been announced for TakeOver Cardiff. Uh, what's your thoughts on Dave Mastiff and Joe Coffey? Um, I think it's going to be a pretty intense uh, brawl and hard-hitting match. Uh, those are the sort of matches that we do like. And I think uh, to be there live in person to witness a match like this where, you know, they could brawl into the crowd. We don't know. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one. This one does definitely stand out to me in one match. I'm definitely looking forward to. How about yourself? I'm amped for this. As yep. soon as I announced, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Um, so I don't know if you remember when I last did the podcast with you, we kind of talked about what they would do with Joe Coffey. And I did say they would probably put him in a program with Mastiff because okay. of how building around the time. And I did say it would be some sort of stipulation match. So I called it six weeks ago. Um, wasn't quite 100% sure what the match type would be. I kind of went falls count anywhere instead of last man standing. But again, last man standing is pretty much a falls count anywhere match. So I wasn't far off. Um but no, this this match, if you remember correctly, I think Dave Mastiff's first so takeover Blackpool, I believe he had a 
no disqualification match of Eddie Dennis. Correct. And that was absolutely brutal and brilliant, just those two. Yeah. So if you add to the concept of Joe Coffey, who can take a battering as well. And, uh, and going back to going back to TakeOver Blackpool, I, I felt that uh, Joe Coffey and Pete Dunne had the match of the night, that, that insane main event uh, to close out Blackpool. So, uh, yeah, those two together, Mastiff and uh, Joe Coffey, yeah, that that's going to be. That's not going to be for the for the faint of heart. Let's say that anyway. Yeah, it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of weapons used. There's going to be a lot of smashing of things, and I think it's going to go pretty much all over the arena. Um, because you know, for fact, neither of them are going to back down. They're going to take hard shots, and they're just going to look and they're just going to look to dismantle each other and literally brutalise each other. So yeah, it's going to be brilliant. There we go. Then we get footage of uh, what appears to be uh, Walter's wrestling boot camp in Germany with Walter chopping, slapping and smashing his students uh, with his message to Tyler Bate that he dares Tyler to meet him face to face on next week's NXT UK TV. Um, So, uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) Walter was uh, brutalising his students in Germany um, and uh, he was kind of visualising them as being Tyler Bate. Um, but uh, that, that, that was pretty some pretty interesting footage. Um, we obviously know that Tyler Bate is going to be Walter's main, main event opponent for the NXT UK or the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Uh, we also get to see Eichner versus Bartel against The Hunt on next week's show. Um, all of which will be covered right here on the Wrestling Majonas podcast. Then on to our main event of NXT UK, Ilya Dragunov. Uh, we spoke about him briefly earlier in his uh, recent progress match against Walter. But uh, this week on NXT UK, he'll be going up against Cassius Ono. So Ono comes out to the ring uh, with uh, a bright yellow shirt saying Wrestling Genius on it uh, before we get the ever-intense entrance from uh, Umba Ziba. Ilya Dragunov. Uh, this match was pretty intense in itself with Ono whipping Dragunov into the ring post before connecting with a big boot to the face of his opponent. Uh, then in a move that appeared to worry the commentators and the referee, Ono runs Dragunov face first into the ring ropes, uh, landing hard onto the canvas. And with Dragunov lying underneath the bottom rope, Ono drops a big leg uh, for a close near fall. Uh, then as Dragunov goes for what appears to be a swing around the ropes he is nailed with another almighty big boot from Ono so so far this match has been very physical between these two very accomplished wrestlers we see Dragunov reverse an attempted hammerlock suplex into a suplex of his own Dragunov connects with some super stiff lariats uh, using his already injured right arm Um, Ono then drops Dragunov from uh, shoulder height with his uh, with, with the Russian Dragunov landed hard on his right shoulder, but uh, Ilya powers through the pain to execute a German suplex on his much larger opponent before catching Ono with a big dive through the ropes uh, on the outside. Then Dragunov uh, gets a very close near fall with a, a, a gigantic powerbomb uh, on Cassius Ono. However, in the conclusion of this match, Cassius runs Dragunov headfirst into the ring post on the outside before rolling Dragunov back into the ring, delivering his rolling elbow uh, to the back of the head of Ilya Dragunov. Ono hooks the leg and gets the hard-fought pinfall victory in this very hard-hitting match. 
Uh, so, Kieran, I'd love to know your thoughts um, on this match. I felt that it had a real sense of realism, some super stiff moves, uh, some real intense exchanges between these two. Definitely a strong main event, a strong style main event, you could say. Um, and one thing is for sure, Dragunov knows um, how to sell. He definitely sold his ass off in this match uh, against Cassiusono. Um, yeah, a really good match. A great way to end this week's NXT UK. What did you think? Match was brilliant. So I've spoke before in the past of people who want to learn how to wrestle and stuff like that, that they should watch like certain matches. Um, this is one of the matches you need to watch. It told a story. Um, so obviously going into that, you've got, may I add correctly so, Kasha Sono is a wrestling genius. He can adapt to any wrestling style against any opponent. Um, I think the ending for me was the wrong way round. I think Elia should have gone over instead of Cassius. I don't think Cassius going over is really going to build to anything. Where if Elia went over, it could build to a, obviously a future match with Walter. Um, but all in all, that match was absolutely brilliant. And anyone who wants a lesson on, on how to sell, how to target a body part, how to get the crowd over with pretty much anything you do in ring. That is a match you need to watch. Um, and just take a notepad out and watch. Look at the finer details of the match. Look at the facial expressions of the people and everything like that. So that for me, so you know how earlier I was saying that matches don't tell stories. That told a story absolutely brilliantly and is probably one of the best just NXT weekly matches I've seen for a while yeah um, so yeah it could it, it's, it was a history making match I think the result could have gone should have gone differently should I say um, and again as I was talking earlier about big people not making it onto the Cardiff card the match didn't really have a end into a storyline but they could use it to build something in the future yeah. um, so that's why I thought maybe if Elia went off he could have put his name in the hat made main event a triple threat I know it'd have no major storyline building but it's just something I'd really want to see Walter Tyler versus Elia in a triple threat um, I'll tell you what, Kieran, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we see uh, Cassius Ono and Ilya Dragunov maybe in a rematch on uh, the, the pre-show or the undercard to take over Cardiff, because they're going to have a couple of matches um, ahead of the, the main show, ahead of the main card in Cardiff, and uh, th this could be a, a pretty good a pre-show match, which will obviously be shown the following week on NXT UK. Uh, that would be a, a good match to get the crowd going as maybe a, an opener to the night in Cardiff. Yeah, um, I think that would literally just set people on fire. Because um, I don't think this is the end between the two of them. I think that, uh, like you say, you know, that the heel got the victory in this occasion. But in all feuds, the babyface always gets the upper hand in the end. Um, and uh, there's no bigger occasion than a takeover Cardiff, even if it is on the undercard. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing these two in Cardiff. I would love to see those two live in Cardiff. It would... If I saw that before the main card, it would definitely get me riled for the main card. Um, I'm loud as anything at a show. No matter what, you'll probably hear me no matter where you are in the arena from me. Um, <laughs> so me and Ashley have a habit of being very, very loud. Um, 
you probably, if you watch Progress on Demand, you'll hear us all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so that was a, a, a really good episode of um, NXT UK, I'd say. Uh, plenty of fun build as we head close to TakeOver Cardiff. Um, was it three or four strong matches? Um, certainly the match um, Morgan Webster versus Mark Coffey was a good way to open the show. I enjoyed the Nina Samuels Isla Dawn match and then that brutal main event between Cassius Ono and Ilya Dragunov. Like I said, so many weeks uh, on the trot now. If, you, if you're not watching NXT UK, then w- w- what are you doing? Um, there, there are, there's a lot of great content on the WWE Network and this is definitely up there among some of the weekly shows that you have to be catching each and every week. I know there's so much wrestling content out there um, you know, not just WWE based but you've got all the AEW stuff uh, that's going to be available soon and certainly the shows they've had up until now you've got uh, uh, New Japan and they've recently had um, about a month's worth of G1 Climax so that the, the, there's so many promotions out there and so many shows and I know it's difficult to keep up with everything uh, but one show I would definitely recommend and I know Kieran will uh, echo my sentiments here NXT UK is definitely one that you should be catching on a weekly basis um, and if you're not already um, start doing it and uh, start with this week's episode definitely a good introduction to NXT UK if you haven't started watching it but let's let's have a look at uh, this week's NXT then Kieran and uh, if I'm not mistaken it's only got two matches on this week's NXT now these two matches were recorded before TakeOver Toronto from uh, last Saturday night now uh, myself and David Anderson did a full review of uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto uh, this past week so if you haven't heard our review go out and check that um, it's available on all popular podcast platforms including uh, iTunes, Podbean, um, Google and uh, Stitcher, CastBox, YouTube go out and catch that review but this week's nxt as i said you've got two matches that were recorded before takeover toronto um the first of which was the the the, the returning uh the reforming breezango so uh tyler breeze and fandango and uh they had a, a reasonable run um on the main roster but to be honest with you tyler breeze was completely mishandled um when you compared what he did on the main roster to how he was uh on nxt and as an nxt talent now he's back on nxt and he's got his uh tag team partner back alongside with him um going up against the forgotten sons so this kind of match this feud of sorts was built up very very quickly on the last couple of weeks worth of nxt uh tv where Tyler Breeze was in a match against Jackson Riker, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, he was eventually beaten down by all three members of the Forgotten Sons and Fandango made his surprise return. Um, and uh, Fandango was never officially part of um, NXT as we know it now, but he was on kind of the the, the weekly kind of um, season that was... Yes, it was like a, a, a TV show, a bit like a soap opera version of NXT um, from about four or five years ago, probably longer than that, uh, when he was Johnny Curtis um, before he got repackaged to Fandango. So you could say that this was his first match on the NXT brand as we know it nowadays. Uh, but as we're aware, uh, this match was filmed uh, prior to Saturday night's takeover. Um, and as we've discussed previously on this podcast, Fandango uh, made his surprise return a couple of weeks ago, uh, coming to the aid of his partner, Tyler Breeze. So 
on last week's NXT, Fandango said that uh, we would be seeing a reimagined Breezango. And to a certain degree, we he was right with uh, Fandango and Breeze wearing all black attire, uh, all black ring gear here in their return match. So the match goes to the outside pretty early in this match with uh, Breeze uh, backdropping Steve Cutler on the floor on the outside with Jackson Riker soon getting involved by entering the ring to floor Breeze with a forearm to the back of the gorgeous one's head. Uh, then Jackson Riker gets involved again with interference for a second time um, in close succession. And then he gets ejected from the ringside area, ejected uh, from the ring or the, the ringside area by the referee for his outside interference. Fandango soon gets tagged in and hits a tornado DDT. However, Fandango's offense is short-lived as Blake and Cutler hit a pretty neat Frankensteiner flying cross, uh, flying headbutt combo. Uh, then Blake and Cutler uh, on the on the outside, Fandango executes a tope con hero over the top rope and onto his opponent on the outside. Breezango win the match eventually with a pretty impressive uh, catapult from Breeze directly into a forearm smash from Dango, sending Blake backwards back onto the knees of Tyler, um, allowing Dango to come over the top rope with a slingshot clothesline, hooking the leg and getting the one, two, three for the pinfall victory for the return in Breezango. So this was a uh, an action-packed match. Um, certainly not uh, a memorable match for any stretch of the imagine, uh, imagination other than the fact that it was um, the return of Breezango. And um, good to see Fandango back after being out of action for about a year, I believe. Um, so it looked great. And we'll probably see a lot more of Breezango. Now, Breezango could be a team that could do wonders in NXT. Certainly, they uh, will have you know the the ability to do more in NXT than they ever had the opportunity to on the main roster. Uh, but yeah, really good to see Fandango back in the ring and a good victory for those two. What were your thoughts on this match, uh, Breezango versus the Forgotten Sons, Kieran? So it was always a given they were going to win. Um, I personally would like to see him lose. Um, give them something to chase on their return. Um, so for me, they've, they've beat former number one contenders for the tag team titles. So what's stopping them from going straight to the title picture? Um, it's no major build for me. Um, obviously, you have the three-on-one beatdown, Fandango's return, boom, now you've got this match. Um, yeah. I think the match, obviously, as I just stated, I think if the Forgotten Sons would have gone over, you would have had more of reason for... So as Fandango said, they need to change their their appearance, as I think is how he worded it. Yeah, the um, black attire wasn't exactly a, a reimagined version of those two. So uh, just changing your ring gear kind of isn't really going to cut it. And yeah, uh, it, it might have been a slightly darker <laughs> a darker um, Breezango, but uh, other than the black ring gear, they didn't look any different, in my opinion. And they didn't work any different in ring either. Yeah. And so they do, they've pretty much gone straight back to how they were on the main card. Um, I agree with your sentiment as well with saying they'll probably be more utilised on NXT. Um, most tag teams will. Uh, tag team division on the main card is just not utilised at all. When you look at the tag teams you've got there and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so it's, yeah. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to be the ones that beat Street Profits when Street Profits finally go up to the main roster. Um, again, with your sentiments about Tyler Breeze, he's not really being used properly on the main roster. 
you could say Samoa Joe. The only yeah. real big ones that have come up and actually been utilised correctly, in my opinion, is Seth and KO. Sami Zayn, for me, hasn't been used properly, and neither has anyone else. So for me, him being called up was, again, just normal WWE stuff, which makes me worried about Johnny Gargano. Yes, yes, that is quite worrying when you consider um, how Johnny might be utilised. I mean, you know, I know this might be a a fairly unpopular opinion, but I think if you build 205 Live around somebody like a Johnny Gargano and he could be the face of that division and help to kind of really improve and move that brand on, um, I think it needs a top name like a Johnny Gargano to really make the cruiserweight division better than it is at the moment. And Drew Gulak has, has you know, been a, a great champion. I thought Buddy Murphy was a great champion. Same for Neville when he was around. But Johnny Gargano is kind of that, just that notch above those names. And I think that he could be, um, he could be a success on the main roster if he was put on a, a slightly uh, uh, smaller stage, like a 205 Live. But at the moment, um, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's uh, um, NXT for a little bit longer. And um, I know they had a set of tapings last night. And if you kind of uh, had a look at the spoilers from that, you'll probably uh, realise that uh, he's not going anywhere just yet. But then after this match, uh, we get to Kathy Kelly catching up with Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish backstage after their loss to the Street Profits at TakeOver, proclaiming that once again, the illegal man was pinned with camera footage plainly showing that Kyle O'Reilly uh, tagging Bobby Fish as he gets uh, propelled into the ropes, knocking Fish off the ropes um, shortly before Kyle O'Reilly got pinned for the end of that match. So whether that was intentional or not, um, it looks like we could be getting a rematch somewhere down the line between Undisputed Era and the Street Profits based on uh, the evidence that they've been able to provide us. Uh, that uh, it was in, in actual fact Bobby Fish that was the, the legal man, but it was Kyle O'Reilly that got pinned by Montez Ford at the end of that match in Toronto. Uh, we then uh, take a, a closer look at the new Io Shirai and her descent into darkness with a match at TakeOver against Candice LeRae being one of the best matches of the entire weekend, in my opinion. Not just to TakeOver or SummerSlam, but uh, of the entire weekend. But also her heel turn and character development over the last few weeks um, has been second only to the changes that we've seen with Bray Wyatt and the birth of The Fiend, in my opinion. And of course, uh, um, Io Shirai defeated Candice LeRae in what was a brutal and well-worked match on Saturday night um, at TakeOver. You can hear all about that, as I said, uh, and my entire thoughts uh, on TakeOver Toronto in episode 57 with David Anderson. So go and check that out in the archives. Uh, while we're talking about TakeOver Toronto, um, I- I'd also like to give props to the Velveteen Dream, Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong, who pulled off another world beater uh, in their match for the North American Championship with Dream retaining um, just, you know, only just against the Bruiserweight and the Messiah of the Backbreakers. So that was your another stunning match between those three. And uh, so good to see the Bruiserweight back on an NXT TakeOver. Then, of course, we had that epic 46-minute two-out-of-three match 
two out of three fall match between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. Uh, Cole won the first match via disqualification, with Cole, uh, Gargano winning the second fall in the street fight via tap out, and then the third fall, third and final fall going to Adam Cole when Cole managed to win the match uh, by the skin of his teeth after both men fell from that uh, demonic cage, that platform on top of the cage, crashing through the tables down below in one of the best matches in NXT history. Um, so uh, if you haven't seen TakeOver Toronto, you've got to catch it. It was a hell of a show, um, as you always get with TakeOvers anyway. Um, before the final of the NXT breakout tournament, we then get a recap of the first round and semi-final matches ahead of tonight's match between Cameron Grimes and Jordan Miles. In the first round, you may remember Angel Garza beating Joaquin Wild, and Joaquin Wild is, of course, the former DJZ. Uh, Cameron Grimes uh, beat Isaiah Swerve Scott in the first round. Bronson Reed beat Dexter Loomis, and Jordan Miles beats Boa in uh, the other first round match. In the semi-finals, it was Jordan Miles who defeated Angel Garza going through to the final and Cameron Grimes defeated Bronson Reed in his semi-final setting up tonight's match between Jordan Miles and Cameron Grimes. So, Kieran, I have to ask you, if you've been following the NXT breakout tournament, what were your thoughts of some of the matches, some of the characters that you've been introduced to and uh, kind of your thoughts ahead of this final match uh, between Jordan Miles and Cameron Grimes? So... For me, the right two people make to the final. I'm a bit disappointed with how a couple of people were used. So, obviously, DJZ, I'm really disappointed he went out first round. Obviously, I've seen him live. I think he's absolutely brilliant. He's a brilliant athlete. Um, but again, I say that the Angel Garza completely surprised me in that match because I've not really heard much of him beforehand. Um, um, so from what I watched of the tournament, the two people did make it to the final um, that should have made it to the final. I'd not really heard much of ACH before his NXT stuff. So obviously, like I said to you, I always do a little bit of research. Um, so I watched some of his previous stuff and then watched him obviously on NXT every week. And, and I think we've still got a lot more to come from him. Definitely. The only thing bothering me at the minute is he's a lot like Apollo Crews. Um, with like his, I think he might have more on the mic for him than Apollo Crews. Yeah, I think he's got a lot more charisma. He's definitely, um, I think he's got a, a better character in my opinion, which I think has been the, the one thing that's held Apollo Crews down, to be honest with you. I've got to agree with you. They, you know, got similar style, similar uh, wrestling styles in the ring. But um, I think uh, Jordan Miles definitely has the edge as far as the mic work uh, and the, the kind of the charisma, in my opinion, anyway. And I've not seen a ton of him, to be honest with you, only what I've seen uh, on YouTube and through the WWE Network um, since his debut. But uh, yeah, carry on. Um. So, yeah, that's my only concern is if he gets the Apollo Crews treatment. Um, I think Apollo Crews could be a lot better if he could go back to his Uha Nation stuff. Um, that was always something that got the crowd over. It was like Moose with his Moose stuff. Uha um, Nation was always something that got the crowd riled up and popping. Um, so I think they repackaged him wrong, in my honest opinion. And I don't see what WWE's issue is, is with bringing people in from the Indies and keeping their Indies name. Um, let's face it, WWE are a massive enough company where they can do a payoff to keep the trademark name. Um, AJ did it, but that's because AJ trademarked his own name. 
and it's the same with Samoa Joe. Um, but yeah, um, I think maybe they need to take Apollo Crews back down to NXT. Um, let him sit there for a year, year and a half or so. Let him discover himself, repackage himself, and then bring him back up and use him properly. Because um, for me, he's a guy that could go toe-to-toe with Seth, and they would have an absolutely outstanding match. Um, but we're never going to see it. And uh, any other characters in this NXT breakout tournament that kind of really surprised you? And uh, you mentioned Angel Garza. I mean, Angel Garza seems to be the, the, the revelation of this tournament, really, because certainly in his first round and semi-final match, um, although he's coming across as a bit of a, a cocky uh, heel, um, he definitely, the fans really appreciated him. And he was a bit more of a, a baby face than anything uh, in terms of the way that he was received by the, the full sale crowd um, anyway. Um, but uh, anybody else that kind of jumped out at you? Um, so, Charles Samuels, obviously, he kind of played the same gimmick he played in TNA. Eerie, kind of stalkery kind of guy. Uh, no, Samuel Shaw, not Charles Samuels. Samuel Shaw. Um, yeah, the Dexter Loomis character, yeah. Yeah, so I wasn't really surprised by that. Bronson Reed, I didn't really do any research on at all. So when I saw the legit size of that guy and what he can do in the ring, reminded me a bit of Brutus Clay. Um, but obviously he's a hell of a lot more athletic than Brutus Clay was. Um, yeah. So another surprise really there for me. Boa, I'd like to see Boa versus... Maybe... Travis Banks with the stiff kicks and stuff. I think they'd have a good match. True. Cassius Ono as well. Kushida would be a good one for him. Yeah, very um, good. What about, um, what about Isaiah Scott? Isaiah Swerve Scott, the former Shane Strickland. So, uh, so um, I, he, he's definitely... I mean, he had a, a fantastic match on 205 Live um, against uh, Drew Gulak. And I think it was a non-title match, but those two had a, a barn burner. I don't know if you, you was able or lucky enough to, to catch that match, but um, Shane Strickland was obviously very popular on the Indies, a former Evolve champion as well. Now uh, got a kind of a, a name change now that he's on NXT, but uh, your thoughts on him? I loved him. And I was disappointed that the first round match was him versus Cameron Grimes, to be honest. Mm. Um but as I did say to you, because I think I cut, I think it was me and you covered the first week of the breakout tournament. And I did say beforehand that whoever won that match would be in the finals. And I wasn't wrong with that. Um, my problem is, um, like I said to you off air, I'm quite behind on my wrestling at the minute um, with work and stuff. And. Um, I still haven't watched SummerSlam or Toronto, and I've got about four episodes of 205 to watch as well. Um, so I haven't actually had the privilege of watching that match, but I will get round to it over the next couple of weekends because obviously I've got a few weekends booked off with an occasion next week and obviously NXT Cardiff the week after. Um, yeah. So I will watch it and... Like I said, when we were discussing the participants, um, I saw a lot of Isaiah Scott with Lucha Underground as Killshot. True. And I knew yeah. 
he was going to be a brilliant person. Um, obviously, with Shane Strickland as well, I watched a lot of that stuff, and he was amazing then. So for me to say that he surprised me with, with me be lying to myself, um, I actually expected more, and I'm hoping we get to see more. He's a guy that could definitely fight for the North American title. I'd love to see him versus Velveteen Dream. Um, to be fair, I'd love to see him versus Roddy. I'd love to see him versus Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, pretty much anyone, because I know for a fact if they get a decent amount of time, they'll put on killer matches. Um, so, yeah, for me to say that, I'm, I'm not... The, the entrance in there, all of them surprised me in different ways. Some of them negative, some of them positive. The two that were negative were Keen Wilder and Isaiah Scott, but that, for me, is just because I thought the results were slightly wrong. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, as you said, possibly the two strongest competitors were uh, in the final. Um, and uh, no doubt, you know, the other names that you mentioned, Wacky um, Wild, uh, Isaiah Scott, will no doubt get their, their time to shine in NXT. They certainly made a good impression uh, whether they got knocked out. Uh, well, they both got knocked out in the first round, but certainly made a good impression for themselves um, in their first round outings anyway. Back to this match, Jordan Miles versus Cameron Grimes. Remember, this was recorded live in front of the TakeOver Toronto fans just before it went to the main card. And this was, of course, the final of the NXT breakout tournament. Uh, so Jordan Miles in this match is giving up around about four to five inches compared to the Cameron Grimes and probably a good 30 to 40 pounds in weight uh, once again against Grimes. Uh, but Miles will, will certainly outpace the more grittier Cameron Grimes. Uh, Grimes soon takes control with a giant forearm after Miles leaps uh, the ropes to the outside. So quite an impressive way to start the match there. Both uh, being uh, before being driven face first into the middle turnbuckle, getting a two count from that move. Grimes then connects with a brutal lariat front of the two count. Miles gets some momentum with a soccer kick to the chest of Grimes before getting a two count from a huge flying crossbody from the top turnbuckle. The match turns again with Cameron Grimes getting a close near fall from an uh, orange crush, like an X-plex suplex uh, manoeuvre. Grimes then delivers a uh, spinning midair power slam for another two counts in a move uh, that uh, got uh, this is awesome chance. And it was a pretty awesome move in itself. Miles eventually gets the win uh, with an excellent 450 splash, not only winning the match, but also winning the NXT breakout tournament with a prize um, of an NXT championship opportunity of his choosing. So could Jordan Miles opt for the North American title shot or maybe an NXT championship match? Nevertheless, that was an excellent match and a great way to cap off what was an excellent tournament as well and a great way to introduce eight very good prospects for the future of NXT and WWE. So uh, a really good match. Um, I think it went about uh, 12 minutes all in all, Kieran. Um, two excellent wrestlers, two very contrasting styles as well. You've got uh, Cameron Grimes with his more um, smash mouth, uh, yeah, kind of stiff, strong style wrestling, you could say, full of lariats, forearms, and then you've got Jordan Miles with his more innovative, more dynamic high-flying manoeuvres, um, a lot of pace there, and uh, winning with a 450 splash. But uh, some good offence from both wrestlers. The crowd seemed to be really loving it and, and really were into the action. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on this match. And uh, Jordan Miles is the winner. Um, completely brilliant. Right choice. Um, so I've been racking my brain since watching 
to kind of work out what sort of title Miles will go for. Um, obviously, NXT is the direct shot, but don't think that would happen. Uh, North American, with the promo from Pete, the North American title pitch is pretty much going to be Pete Velveteen Dream for a little while. Um, or at least until the next takeover. So, so I was thinking maybe Tag, but I was trying to think of who his partner would be. And we were talking about Apollo Crews earlier, and obviously Apollo Crews has popped back up on NXT. True, um, yeah. So I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise on that. I think he's going to go for the Tags and pick Crews as his tag team partner, potentially. Or Isaiah Scott. Yeah, that would be a good pick, yeah. So... Yeah, that'd kind of be my prediction, let's say, for that. Um, but no, that whole tournament for me was absolutely amazing. You saw, like you said, it's a brilliant way to get eight people in for the future. Um, obviously, you can kind of predetermine from background research and stuff of how WWE will go with past track records. Um, wouldn't surprise me once Killian Dane's done with Riddle or Riddle's done with Dane, however they want to book it. It's obviously going to be Riddle going over because they're trying to make him look as strong as possible. Um, maybe Dane versus Bronson Reed. I'm trying to. I was trying to think of ways for all eight competitors to stay in there. Um, Angel Garza probably a good North American contender. Give him a little bit more time to develop his character with the fans Um, because you said about him being a cocky arrogant heel Mm. it's over with the fans he's a Mexican Noam Dar true (laughs) that's one way to look at it that's one way to look at it I know he's kind of um, yeah because he kind of does the the fake high five with the fans and then he he rips his trousers off to unveil his shorts underneath and uh, all the things that you would expect from a heel, but he gets cheered for it. So that makes him a baby face, surely. But uh, yeah, uh, he's definitely one to watch. I think he's got his character down pat, to be honest with you. And I think uh, um, he's he's a very good wrestler as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, looking at all of them, I think that Angel Garza could be the one that might go the furthest, if you see what I mean, because he seems to be the total package at the moment. But then you've got so many uh, excellent wrestlers. And I think WWE have signed so many indie talent in the past, certainly the last four, five, six years. They've signed up pretty much all um, or, or most of the decent indie talent out there. But I think sometimes that's that's their downfall. And we mentioned earlier how there's a, a lot of talent that's misused when they go up onto the main roster. And that's possibly because they've been signed for their in-ring ability um, but that doesn't always come with being great on the mic or having a fantastic character gimmick or personality which I think is ultimately what's going to get you over um, you know as a main roster star and which is why some of the characters that get signed and then eventually go up onto the main roster do fail because they're signed for their wrestling ability but they'll get over based on their character. And if they don't have a, a strong character, then they'll never get over, certainly in the eyes of Vince McMahon anyway. Um, but going back to Angel Garza, he's kind of got all of that. But you look at uh, Isaiah Scott, fantastic wrestler, 
but uh, you know he probably needs to develop on the mic work a little bit um going back to our winner uh jordan miles i mentioned earlier that he does have a lot of personality does have a great character um and i know that there was a video on the wwpc youtube page of jordan miles um and his kind of experience of going to wrestlemania this year of course he he wasn't on the card but uh, him being a new signee to nxt is soaking in the atmosphere and uh, kind of thinking of what could be in the future and he really did show an, an amazing amount of personality just in that two or three minute video um but uh, we, we've obviously seen what a fantastic wrestler he is in this tournament and a very very worthy winner and can't wait to see what which championship he contends for, who he goes up against. Um, but uh, Cameron Grimes as well, uh, an excellent finalist. And um, I think he surprised a lot of people. Now, you've seen him wrestle a bit um, for progress as Trevor Lee. Um, obviously, he had the same wrestling style there. It's nothing flashy. It's all hard-hitting stuff. And he's kind of got a, a bit of a an old-fashioned kind of a uh, strong style gimmick you could say um with with lots of kind of forearms and lariats um and submission holds but i think he's another one that's got his character sussed out as well that could go a long way but uh, what's your thoughts on on cameron grimes i know you've seen him wrestle a couple of times as trevor lee um and uh, did he live up to your expectations in this tournament completely um so obviously i watched a lot of his stuff in tna when he first came over and he was part of shane helm's little action to make the X Division great again and all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember first watching him on that and I was like, oh my god, this guy is insane. Um, because he's got the ability to do high-flying moves as well. True. As yeah, he has. As you've seen with his literally spinning freaking power slam thing he does. That is does amazing. <laughs> standing Spanish fly. Um, his vertical leaping ability you saw it against Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed had like, what, four or five inches on him? Yeah. And he still managed to jump up to his shoulders to hit the stomp. So he's a guy that literally has nailed down everything he's done. He's worked his craft. If you listen to some of the build-up with him, look at the people he trained with. Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yeah. He was in a wrestling ring at the age of two yeah. with Matt and Jeff. It was always given with those two, obviously Matt being the more smarter one and Jeff being the more daredevil one. He was going to have a hybrid style. Did I hear somewhere that he made his debut at the age of 13 or something? Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. <laughs> it's just crazy. And he's only in his uh, early to mid-20s now, isn't he? Yeah, he's 24, I think. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. But you say that, but look at Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate yeah. started training at... I think he was 12, I believe, and made his debut on his 16th birthday. And then look at what happened two years later. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's a case of if you've got the right people you're with, and let's face it, with Tyler Bate, he was training with Pete Dunne and Trent Seven. Trent Seven, a guy that had worked at Indies for years and has obviously worked with a lot of different wrestlers, picked up a lot of different things. And Pete Dunne, who just has the mindset of how to get yourself over, he knows what to do. Obviously, we've spoken in the past about my training session with Pete Dunne. Um, for how young Pete Dunne is and the amount of knowledge he has about the business, I'm shocked that he's still where he is. I don't know if that's Triple H trying to kind of mollycoddle him at the minute. 
form him into something greater. Um, so if you look at Pete Dunne's wrestling style as he is as a wrestler, like just his in-ring style, not like the bumps he takes and stuff, Pete could wrestle for another 20, 30 years with what he does. Um, yeah. He's very joint manipulative. Um, he could wrestle like Ric Flair. I mean, look how long Ric Flair went on for. Um, and like I said before as well, is before Pete Dunne did the joint manipulation thing, it was only really majorly done by Doug Williams. And I know Doug Williams spent a lot of time with Trent Seven before he obviously retired because he did his retirement tour. Um, and obviously that culminated with Trent beating him for the title. But I know obviously in the Indies, Trent, Tyler and Pete travelled together a lot. So I know then, like in contrast, that obviously Doug Williams would have spent a lot of time with those three as a group. And I think all three of them have had that experience with more people to... I'm shocked at where they are, but I think they're smart at what they're doing as well. Um, they're earning money in the little leagues at the minute, if we can say it that way. They put on the better shows, but they get paid the lesser money, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think all eight of those people need to spend a little bit more time in developmental with NXT. Um Cameron Grimes, so we were talking about people who you thought could relive and reignite, like 205. Um, Cameron Grimes would be brilliant at that. Maybe in a year, year and a half's time, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, 205 title, WrestleMania, free show. Because let's face it, that's all it'll ever get. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I hope that they kind of progress further than the the, uh, the pre-show, but uh, it does seem to be the pattern. Um, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? You could be seeing Johnny. That, that might be Johnny Gargano's uh, only chance when you look at it to get on a WrestleMania card. Although he does deserve much better. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, uh, unless he's got Triple H kind of looking after him or you know looking after his back on the main roster. Um, but then you know Johnny Gargano, you know, he's an excellent storyteller. Um, very, very similar to. Daniel Bryan in terms of you know how they are size wise resting ability being great storytellers um so kind of a bit of a you know a lot of similarities there to to Daniel Bryan and we saw what happened to Daniel Bryan will you know lightning strike twice and will something similar happen to Johnny Gargano we can only hope because we know what a fantastic hit and success he's been on NXT especially with the amount of takeovers he's headlined with the amount of five-star matches he's had in the last couple of years um but uh, at the end of the day you've, you've got one man to impress and that one man is Vince McMahon and uh yeah I think uh, Johnny Gargano's got a long road ahead before he gets anywhere near a WrestleMania card but um so all in all I'd say that the the NXT breakout tournament was a, a really big success and a big thumbs up I think that when they do these tournament formats um, and when they do do these tournament formats in full sale, when you look at the May Young Classics, you look at the the cruiserweight uh, the cruiserweight classics as well, uh, the, uh, the NXT breakout tournament, and anything in more of that intimate environment that smaller crowd um i think definitely definitely works and i know that um, i've heard online reports this week that they're bringing back the may young classic for a third year later on this year 
Um, so uh, that would definitely be one to watch, uh, where we see the kind of the, the premium female women wrestlers in the world that currently aren't signed to WWE in uh, a 16 person elimination tournament like before. So, um, yeah, when they do these these more intimate tournaments in say full sale it definitely works this is why i've got my kind of concerns we spoke about the king of the ring in front of the the, the bigger crowds the tv audience where they have sponsors um and uh, you know adverts um you know there might be some matches that um on paper look great that could go just two or three minutes uh, that might, um, you know, end up falling on their face. But uh, yeah, for this one, the NXT breakup tournament, definitely a big success. Hopefully it could be a yearly thing. That'd be a great way to introduce new signees into NXT if they make it a yearly competition. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a thumbs up for me. And I'm really excited just the same as you are, Kieran, to see where um, some of the careers of these individuals go from here. But my friend, that brings us, to the end of another Wrestling With Jonas episode. Uh, so I want to thank you so much uh, for helping us out with another podcast uh, this week. Kieran, uh, before we say goodbye, where can my listeners find out, uh, find you online? Where, where can they uh, see you? Have you got a, a Facebook or a, a Twitter account or what groups are you a part of? Um, and uh, you mentioned earlier that you're quite often uh, at the Electric Ballroom in Camden for progress shows, but tell us where the listeners can kind of say hi to you if they want to. So I've actually just started redoing my Instagram as well. So that is literally just at Kieran Reed. Um, Twitter handle is the same, but I think it's at Reed Kieran one seven nine one. And Facebook, you'll see me all the time posting on the page. I mean, I've just shared something whilst we're doing this podcast. Um, something about Chad Gable um, I'm not going to let it out on the podcast, I'll let the fans see it that are on the Facebook page um, but yeah, you'll see me on there all the time posting things, commenting on things, so if you ever got any questions or just want to pop up, say hi, just send me a message, uh, my phone's pretty much always with me and I'm always quick to reply um, okay. same with Twitter so yeah Superb. Well, thank you, Kieran. I hope you've enjoyed uh, being part of this podcast. Can't wait to get you on again. I know that we've got you in a couple of weeks' time, the kind of uh, uh, preview to NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So you're going to be kind of on that go-home episode to talk about that week's NXT UK um, and kind of uh, give our predictions and our thoughts to uh, the matches uh, that are going to be taking place on the Saturday. And then, of course, I will see you in person in Cardiff um, on the 31st. But uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll catch up with you uh, soon, Kieran. But uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of NX, uh, of Wrestling With Jonas, yeah, covering NXT and NXT UK. Uh, and if you did, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and shout about this podcast. Tell your friends and tell your family, and keep listening to the Wrestling With Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and NXT UK updates. Uh, without you sharing and subscribing to this podcast, we can't continue to grow. Uh, so hit like share subscribe uh, do it now people don't forget to hit us up on twitter at with Jonas underscore pod on instagram at wrestling with Jonas, and search for our facebook group wrestling with Jonas. we'll be back again next thursday where i'll be joined by uh, ashley clements making his and uh, making his wrestling with Jonas podcast debut uh, but in the meantime have a great weekend thanks again to kieran and we'll catch you all again soon thank you very much 